It's Thursday, December 26th, 2019. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Pope Runyon, and tonight we will present a review of the new shows we aired during 2019. Now, these programs are all available for listening and downloading on our Hermetic Hour Blog Talk Radio website. That's http colon stroke stroke www.blogtalkradio.com stroke the dash hermetic dash hour. So, have your notebook and pencil ready as you listen, and you can jot down the ones that you missed so you can catch up with us. And uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Zandria and Fabian. Okay, well, let's get started with the beginning of last year. That was 1-10-2019. It was a review of the, of the previous of the shows the previous year. On January 10th, 2019, the Hermetic Hour with host Pope Runyon will review and highlight the 26 live shows we presented in 2018. As most of you know, these programs are all archived on our Hermetic Hour website with abstracts describing them. So you can catch up on what you missed at any convenient time. Be sure to have a notepad handy as you listen so you can jot down the dates and the titles of the shows you want to find, such as Count Coliostro, the wizard who invented himself, aired on February 22, 2018, or The Real Secrets of the Hypnoerotomonchia on May 24th. You can find all these episodes ready for listening or downloading on our website. And once again, I'll give that http colon stroke stroke www.blogtalkradio.com stroke the dash hermetic dash hour. So tune in and catch up on what you missed. That was the beginning of the year. So moving right on in January 17th to the, the Cygnus Mystery and Key by Andrew Collins. This was a review. On Thursday, January 17th, the Hermetic Hour with host Poke Runyon would pre- will review and discuss the Cygnus Mystery. That uh, was published in 2006. And the Cygnus Key in 2018 by Andrew Collins. These recent books are in the tradition of Hamlet's Mill back in 1969, The Serious Mystery in 1976, and Gordon White's Starships 2016, and they all fall into the category of popular celestial archaeology. Most importantly for us in the Hermetic community, they all seek to validate our ancient initiatic code, which holds that we descend from the heavens, and to the heavens we shall return via the Milky Way as our river of souls. Like so many of his predecessors uh, in this, Collins locates the ancient shamanic origins of this in the old Hyperborea in north-central Asia. He presents a good case for Cygnus the Swan bringing down the souls like the stork brings babies. He suggests that the Paleolithic genius giant Denisovian hominids recently discovered in Siberia were the originators of our celestial mythology and that they carried it all the way down to ancient Egypt. And I'm not sure I agree with all his ideas, but for the most part, he seems to be on the mark. So if you want to follow the starry path to immortality, then tune in and fly with the swans. Now, next, 
on uh, January 31st, we did uh, William Morris, Victorian Age Socialist and Romantic. Uh, on Thursday, January 31st, uh, 2019, the Hermetic Hour will, with host Spoke Runyon will air a discussion on the life and work of the Victorian Age British uh, artist and writer William Morris, born in 1834 and died in 1888. On the modern Hermetic Revival. Morris was a Renaissance man of many talents, an Oxford scholar who idealized and romanticized the medieval period and yearned to recreate Camelot in the modern era. He was appalled by the pollution and social misery and aesthetic mediocrity caused by the Industrial Revolution, and he believed that Karl Marx held the key to creating a utopia. Morris admitted that he could not understand Marx, but but we do need to understand Morris in order to fathom the continuing fascination our cultural elite have for Marx's continually failing system. So come with us back to the gaslight era, and we'll see where a lot of today's progressive ideas got started. Okay, on uh, February 14th, we did the first... Ancient astronaut theorists Richard Shaver and Ray Palmer. On Thursday, February 14th, 2019, the Hermetic Hour with host Bill Runyon will present a discussion on the first ancient astronaut theorists. Before Ben Dannigan, Sitchin, and the rest, there was Richard Shaver and Raymond Palmer and the Shaver mystery. In recent years, more and more of their fantastic 1940s revelations about ancient extraterrestrial aliens and their high technology and their continued influence and interference with with earthly affairs, mind control, child trafficking, and madness, has been confirmed and exploited by later whistleblowers such as Tom DeLong, Corey Good, David Whitcock, and others. It seems that Shaver and Palmer wrote their History Channel documentary scripts but are never credited as the source. Are these ancient aliens still with us? Our original ancient astronaut theorists say yes. So tune in and let's return to the thrilling days of yesteryear and revisit the Shaver mystery. Now, the Eighth Tower. We did the Eighth Tower by John A. Keel, a modern Charles Fort. And on Thursday, February 28, 2019, the Hermetic Hour will uh, review and discuss the Eighth Tower by the late UFO investigator John A. Keel, 1938-2009. He was most noted as author of The Mothman Prophecies, 1975, and the film in uh, 2002. Keel was more interested in monster sightings like the Mothman and Bigfoot than he was in UFOs, but he believed that the two phenomena were related and emanated from the same source. He was an ardent successor to Charles Fort, The Book of the Damned, 1919, which was a collection of fantastic anomalies such as UFO sightings, monster sightings, and other fantastic events, such as rains of frogs and ghost ship sightings, mostly newspaper clippings collected from the beginning of the Industrial Age to the First World War. Like Charles Fort, Keel was a journalist who continued the collection from the 1920s through the UFO era. The Eighth Tower is a Fortean book, but with an agenda that Fort was very cryptic about. What do all these strange things mean? Fort concluded that we, humankind, 
are property. Keel expands on that. After continuing Fort's bizarre collection, he brings in Carl Jung's collective unconscious, the world soul, universal mind, and the seven demonic powers of the Yazidis, and postulates an eighth tower that is a sort of an Empyrean god force over the rest. This is not an easy book to get through, but it will take you down the rabbit hole. So, join us for some Fortean adventuring. Okay, related to that, uh, we did Prometheus II, Prophecy and Initiation, on Thursday, March 7th, 2019. The Hermetic Hour will review and comment on the 1948 science fiction novel. Uh, my cat is walking on the computer, and that's why you're hearing the update. Now i got to get out and get my script. Prometheus II, recently republished by Armchair Fiction. Now, this remarkable work, like so many early science fiction efforts, was set in a future time, and in this case, 1978, and predicted a third world war between the United States and Russia and its traditional allies and post-Soviet Russia. And, of course, Russia did not become post-Soviet until the 1990s. But the Russian leader in Burns' novel seems and acts a lot like Putin. And in this story, the Russians are allied with China, and they have conquered all of Latin America, and they are on the verge of swarming the southern border. But their leader, Nicholas, not Vladimir, has literally made a deal with the devil, the Daros of the subterranean world, which has escalated World War III into another dimension and brought in the forces of Agartha, the subterranean good guys, and finally the elder gods and the original ancient astronauts who arrive from hyperspace just in time to save the human race. And, of course, we have a pair of young Army officers and their sexy Army nurse girlfriend who team up uh, with the underground good guys, the space gods, and help save America and humanity. It would have made a great Saturday morning serial, but at least it got its debut in Amazing Stories, March 1948. This is really, really quite a fascinating book. Now, on 321, uh, The Underworld Around the World with Frater Solomon. And Thursday, March 21st, 2019, the Hermetic Hour will present a discussion on the various traditions of the underworld, from the mythologies, religions, and folklore of cultures around the world, with our guest, very honored Frater Solomon, Michael Johnson. And he's a Bible scholar with a background in social science, and Mike has compiled maps of the underworld, which locate the hells of the major religions. And your host, uh, that's myself, We'll join in with references to Kenneth Grant's Tunnels of Set, Shaver's Darrow Caverns, the underground kingdom of Agartha, and the shamanic under- and overworlds, and the proto-psychological Kabbalistic metaphor of the Nepesh, the Nekamah, the Ruach. So, if you want to take the e-ticket ride through the great fun house below the horizon, tune in and we'll go below. Now, on April 11th, we return to Pluto's cave with Frater Sithmath. And on Thursday, April 11th, the Hermetic Hour uh, will invite uh, very honored Frater Sithmath to discuss his recent expedition to Pluto's cave north of Mount Shasta. This is the same lava tube cavern complex that we used as a location in our 2007 science fiction film, Beyond the Miriam. 
It is considered a spiritual location and has been used for shamanic visionary retreats. It has also been connected with the legend of J.C. Brown's Lost Lemurian Treasure. We discussed the cave on our broadcast, Mystical Mount Shasta, on January 13, 2011, which you can still access. So join us as we once more enter the underworld and share mystic experiences. And by the way, Frederick Sithmeth, uh, Max did have some mystical experiences in the, in the, in the cave. And, and so this is quite an interesting show. Okay, on uh, March 18th, Artificial Intelligence versus the Human Mind. On Thursday, April 18th, the Hermetic Hour will air a discussion on the future impact of artificial intelligence on human creativity and individual expression. Will it serve us all or will it dominate us? We will start with the recent article in the LA Times, April 16th, that the computer can call my agent, which deals with AI's writing screenplays. We will look back at Asimov's Foundation series, and we will visit Drillmaster 2001 and its world-dominating computer, Joskimor, and finally, the final chapter of Adamson's Quest for the Hermetic Perspective. So, if you wonder whether they will serve us or we will serve them, tune in and make up your own mind before they make it up for you. Now, on Thursday, May 2nd, 2018, the Hermetic Hour will present the official vision and mission statement of the Church of the Hermetic Sciences and its fraternal order, the Order of the Temple of Astarte. This is the same document that is in our training manual and delivered to new initiates when they begin training. It gives our history, our philosophy, our traditional initiatory system, our accomplishments, our special programs, yoga, visualization, ceremonial magic, alchemy, divination, soul travel, and celestial Kabbalah. As a bonus feature, we will discuss the mystery of the pagan communion set and the mysterious magical alphabet inscribed thereon. We will direct you to our website where you can see it and perhaps help us solve the mystery. So join us and get magical. Now, on May 9th, the Hermetic Hour will present a discussion on the interdimensional alien phenomenon described by the book Hunt for the Skinwalker by Colm Kellner. That's 2005. Our guest will be very honored, Frater Hercules from Avalon Lodge in Texas. Uh, I think he prefers Heracles, that's the Greek spelling. Who will recount his own close encounter with UFOs and share his thoughts on this and the Skinwalker anomaly. The book describes the long-lasting, long-lasting ordeal of a cattle ranching family whose Utah ranch was literally haunted by these interdimensional beings and or machines. They encountered huge wolves and were, who were impervious to gunfire, horrible mutilations of their livestock, and inexplicable physical phenomenon. A team of scientists began observations on the property and were able to confirm the family's incredible accounts. This haunted ranch was called a pathway for the skinwalkers by the local Native Americans. This book is similar to the Mothman prophecies by John Keel. So, if you want to peek behind the curtain, tune in and spend an hour with us in the land of Oz. Okay, that's not Australia. Now, on May 23rd, Kiefer and Oren, The Story of a Tree by Mary Kreese Hamer. On Thursday, May 23rd, the Hermetic Hour will present a reading of Kiefer and Oren, The Story of a Tree by Mary Hamer. 
America is a leader in masonry, the Golden Dawn, and the Church of the Hermetic Sciences. As a librarian, he's also a professional storyteller. This particular story is about a boy in a tree. The story is a beautiful expression of the rapport we can have with nature if we personify it and the depth of meaning we can find in the loss of natural beauty. If time permits, we will also present another short story by our host from the Seventh Ray in 1975. Now, that story was Daughter of the Oak, about a boy and a girl in a tree. In this tale, the tree comes to a similar fate, but the boy learns the wrong lesson. So if you want to visit the forest with us, tune in and um, have a seat Have a seat on the stump. Now, on the 6th of June, we did the 6th and 7th degrees of the Craterapo and Reformato, and we presented a report on the modern versions of the 6th and 7th degree initiations in the 18th century Craterapoa. Now, this system was originally intended to replicate an ancient Alexandrian mystery school initiatory program. Manley Hall called it Egyptian Freemasonry. It was created by a committee of German Masonic scholars who accessed the classical pagan works of the Amblichus, Prophyry, Plutarch, and others to create an outline for a system of seven degrees intended to convey the secrets of ancient hermetic magic to initiates. But it was far from complete. It was an outline. It declared what was to be taught without providing the actual lessons. When we adopted it as an initiatory structure in 1970, we updated it with additional source material extending from classical times through the Dark Ages, medieval times, the Renaissance, and the Rosicrucian era. We made the Craterapoa the repository of the Western esoteric tradition, from King Solomon to the Holy Grail to Christian Rosencruz, and we have discussed the degrees from Pastaphorus through Alchemia on previous podcasts, so tonight we will put the cap on it, the four-cornered red, the four-cornered red cap, with the final chivalric degrees, the sixth astronomus at the gate of the gods and the seventh propheta, one who knows the mysteries, and so tune in and we'll tell you how the modern crater report culminates. Now, on... Uh, July 11th, we did Graham Hancock's Magicians of the Gods and America Before, and our guest was Frater Demuzi. On Thursday, July 18th, the Hermetic Hour will review and discuss American Cosmic by Diane Pasulka. Again, our guest reviewer will be Frater Demuzi. Diane Pasulka is a professor of religious studies and approaches the UFO phenomenon from her academic perspective. She is a colleague of Jacques Vallée and shares many of his views. She quotes Carl Jung and cites the experiences and work of numerous experiencers, her term for contactees. She compares the UFO sightings and encounters to religious and mystical encounters such as the miracle of Fatima and UFO artifacts to the Shroud of Turin. She also suggests that popular media feeds and perpetuates the phenomenon. And her approach is very subjective and impressionistic, and her narrative is rambling and not well-focused. But this is, of itself, reflects the history of the activity that she is attempting to describe. So, 
If you think the truth is out there, tune in and we'll look for it. And I, I got to say this: that, that her book is primarily, I think, and I, and I think Max will agree with me that her book is primarily Catholic, a Roman Catholic perspective. She takes one of her one of her UFO experts to the Vatican and converts him to Christian Catholic Christianity. Uh, on August fifteenth, we did the Sibylline Oracles. On Thursday, August fifteenth. The Hermetic Hour will present a discussion on the ancient Sibylline oracles created or recreated in Greco-Roman Alexandria in the first centuries of the Common Era. These prophetic verses attributed to the Sibyls or prophetic priestesses of ancient Greece were actually a hoax written by Jewish and Christian Gnostics in an attempt to recast the legendary lost prophetic books of ancient Rome to include the Bible and predict Christianity. They were so successful and popular that the early Christian church approved of them, and they were accepted into the Hermetic tradition. Along with the Orphic hymns and the Chaldean oracles, they became an influence on Western magic and fairy lore. And we will refer to Jake Stratton Kent's summary of the oracles uh, in his uh, Geosophia, 2010, and Milton Terry's translation in 1899. So... If you want to catch up on this this often forgotten aspect of Western magical lore, tune in and we'll lift the veil. On August 29th, we did the Book of Abramella, a new translation. On Thursday, August 29th, the Hermetic Hour, we'll review and discuss the new translation, 2006, of the 15th century German book of Abramella, attributed to Abraham von Worms, translated by Stephen Guth, and edited by George Den from Ibis Press. This new translation directly from the original German manuscript supersedes McGregor Mather's translation of the French version in 1893, which has been a cornerstone of magical libraries since the beginning of the last century. This new Abramelin is excellently introduced by my esteemed colleague, Maestro Alain Duquette, the old French version was poorly translated from the German um, in the, and, and was incomplete. The original has all four books and completes all the magic squares. This German version was used by Franz Barden to name his solar spirits. It should go on the shelf of every magical library. So if you want to square up with the angels, tune in and we'll run the numbers. Now, on October uh, 3rd, Seeking the Light, the Neophyte's Notebook by Corrington Wheeler. And on Thursday, October 3rd, the Hermetic Hour, we'll review and discuss Seeking the Light, the Neophyte's Notebook by Corrington Wheeler. The author will join us for the discussion. Corrington Wheeler is an American singer, songwriter, voice actor, video filmmaker, and ceremonial magician. He is also a Scottish Rite Mason and a student of several magical traditions. His book is only 60 pages long, but it is well worth reading. Some of it is catharsis, wisdom from personal experience, but there is much derived from research and study. I was reluctant to invite Corrington on the Hermetic Hour until he explained to me that he wanted to lead other young people to the light. Reading his book confirmed this. Most of the youthful musicians attracted to magic whom I have encountered are on the dark side, which I consider to be spiritually corrosive. Corrington is a delightful exception to this trend, 
and can hopefully be a positive voice in his peer group. So, if you want to meet a young magician who is pouring new wine into old bottles, listen in and meet Corrington. Now, on uh, the 17th of October, uh, we ran Enoch Adamson for president. We'll announce and open Enoch Adamson's campaign for president of the United States. As the Hermetic Party candidate, Adamson is uniquely qualified for the office, having mastered the 30th and the 31st paths of the Tree of Life and attended a meeting of the Grand Council in the library at Hawd. And he will outline his program and solve all the major problems and issues the country is facing. He has a solution for gun control, social justice, race relations, immigration, education, credit card debt, foreign relations, the space program, climate change, and UFO disclosure. So, if you want a candidate who can really get it done, don't vote Republican or Democrat, vote Hermetic, and let's make humanity great again. We had a lot of fun with this one. I took some flack on it, but we had a lot of fun with that one. Now, on 11.07, the Zero Light and the Bloody Mary evocation. On Thursday, November 7th, the Hermetic Hour, uh, we'll present a discussion on the scientific technology behind modern ceremonial magic and reveal for the first time a device we developed in the early 1970s for training students to make use of the Troxler effect, that spatial reflection distortion in the dark mirror, the Bloody Mary effect, for magical spirit evocation. And this device is called the Zero Light, was based on a U.S. Army battlefield research, and it is so sensitive to human willpower that it can respond to nonverbal telepathic commands in group practice. We stopped using it in the late 1970s, but in recent years we have encountered students who subconsciously override the Troxler effect uh, in the mirror even when they consciously want to do want it to work for them. And so we are going back to zero light training for second degree candidates. And so if your spirit doesn't want to show up for you, then listen in and we'll tell you how to solve the problem. Okay, now. On November 21st, Aleister Crowley in India by Tobias Churton. This is another in a series of books by Churton covering portions of Crowley's life and work. We have already reviewed his beast in Berlin, and we'll certainly get to last year's Aleister Crowley in America, but Crowley in India, his Indian adventure, should probably have been the first one in the series. I personally found this book to be fascinating. In its pages, I rediscovered Crowley and relived the excitement of his early magical experiences, along with big game hunting and mountain climbing adventures. Churton had access to many records and archives not available to previous writers. We have a more Crowley favorable version of the infamous Kachanjunga tragedy than previously reported. The primary theme of this book is magical yoga or yoga for magic. We start with Crowley and Bennett in Ceylon studying Theravada Buddhism together, and then on to Crowley's discovering and adapting the Gnostic Tantric system of Shabadi Swami. I didn't know about Shabadi Swami until I read Jordan's book, and I confirmed it in the Equinox and everything else. This was remarkable. This uh, Shabadi Swami was, was raised in a Christian family, and he ended up creating a tantric system which is very much like ours that we've, we've our western system we've recreated this is fascinating and, and i'd like to recommend this book so if you'd like to return to the thrilling days of yesteryear then join us and sit down and get out with alistair crowley
On December 12th, the Tarot of Ceremonial Magic, new edition with Londa Jet, has an improved color separation and is more attractively packaged and available at a lower price than previous editions. These cards describe a 360-degree magic circle with symbolic connections to the three great pillars of magic, astrology, Enochian magic, and Goetia. They are a marvelous tool for the practicing magician and even the armchair magician. The book is still in print, and this new issue of the deck is a welcome manifestation of the wisdom of the master and the symbolic art of his lady. Although this deck is not intended for fortune-telling, we invite you to join us as we shuffle the deck of the multiverse and let the maestro deal the cards. Now, this is a real good one to, to check up on if you haven't seen it or you haven't uh, listened to it. That concludes the new shows that we did for the year. I, and I hope you've jotted down a few of them that you might have missed and then you'll go back on our website and, and pick them up. Next year, we're going to have going to have another uh, group of original shows that we're planning. And also, we're going to have some call-ins from basically from your regular listeners we we, we want to, we want to hear from your regular listeners and so we're going to have some we're going to have some shows where you can call in and interact with us because we we uh we had to kind of kind of tone that down we we did do that years ago but the trouble is we we we, we got the the curse of the internet you know uh, descended on us trolls and we ended up getting calls from every time the phone would ring, we'd, oh, we'd sort of cringe, you know, is this going to be another troll? And unfortunately, uh, once you, you have a, a call in, it's kind of like throwing chum over the stern of a boat, you know, throwing bloody, bloody chum over the stern of the boat. Pretty soon, you know, you, 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 pretty soon you start seeing the sharks, you know, and, and, and uh, this, is, this is what happens. So uh, hopefully we, we can avoid that. But I do want to hear from you. I do want to hear especially from your regular listeners. So anyway, that wraps us up for tonight, and uh, we'll, be back, we'll be back on the station next week. And until then, uh, happy holidays and good magic.